there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. I count it a real privilege through the years to have worked with so many preemie families and NICU families. Of course, there is no sleep training involved with a newborn and absolutely no sleep training involved with a NICU baby. But what we can do at this time is educate. When baby is home, we can educate on expectations. And that's what I teach in the foundation course through my newborn program. In our newborn course, we teach all about the foundations and how to maybe adjust expectations, taking into account the due date versus the birth date. And I have worked with many families who were several months adjusted so that by the time we get to six to 12 months old, baby actually came several months early and we have to acknowledge a different type of schedule. Because of how many preemie families I've worked with, I realize it is high time, it is way past time that we have a podcast episode all about the preemie journey. And so this week at Little Zeeds, we focused in on this. Yesterday was Wednesday and we shared a blog all about how to support and encourage and love on a NICU mom. This blog was written by Jacqueline Sears, who is a former client of mine, but also now a friend. And she is the organizer of Richmond Parents of Premies, which also houses a community support group, which is a closed online Facebook group for Richmond area moms. So if you would like to get in touch with Jacqueline, definitely head over to that blog so you can hear more about that. But today's episode is with Ashley Petrelli. She shares her journey through the NICU, not just with one of her children, but both of them. And so I know that this podcast is going to mean a lot. And I am already going to ask you here at the beginning of this episode to pause and to share this episode right now with a mom that you know who has a little one in the NICU, who has a preemie, or who knows that this is probably going to be her journey. This is such an amazing time to listen to Ashley's wisdom. In fact, there is a point in this podcast, I become absolutely speechless for her words of encouragement. So without any delay now, listen in to my conversation with Ashley. Ashley, thank you so much for being here with me. And I am really just really humbled um, by your story and by everything that was um, shared from our time together and just from what I know you've been through with Dean in particular is the story that I've followed more closely. Um, So welcome. And I would love for you to share a little bit like a snapshot about who you are, where you live, where you're from, all of that with us. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So my name is Ashley Petrilli and I live in the San Francisco Bay area in California. Um, I have a husband. We've been married for, it'll be nine, how long have we been married? <laughs> yeah, nine years this year. Um, and we have two kids. Uh, Naomi's three and a half and Dean is, he's four months, but he was a couple months early. So adjusted, he's two months old. Wow. Yeah. And both of your little ones are preemies. Is that correct? Give us the background on your experience with preemies. Yeah. So Naomi was born seven weeks early. Um, and that was, you know, she's our first, it was kind of a, a, a whirlwind, a shocker. You just don't know what the heck you're doing. So with Naomi, um, she was born seven weeks early and I was in the hospital for about three weeks before she was born. The, she came emergency C-section and spent about five weeks in the NICU. Um, and then with Dean, he was exactly two months early. Um, and then he spent, gosh, only like four weeks in the NICU. He was, he was a trooper. <laughs> he did better than she did. <laughs> 
That's so, that's, that's amazing to me that you were in the hospital like way before that. I remember we were kind of chatting on Instagram um, and you were like watching the newborn course before he was born in the hospital. It's like, oh my gosh, you're so dedicated. <laughs> um, but I would love, I, I know that this is something we've talked a little bit about, but would you share your story of, you know, sleep training with Naomi together, you and I, and how that ended up being an incredible timing with Dean? Oh, absolutely. So we, I had gotten to a point where I could not handle her toddler bedtime shenanigans. And I just remember standing outside her door, holding the door handle so that she couldn't open the door and just crying and telling my husband, we are hiring this sleep consultant that I've been following on Instagram and I will, I'll use my Christmas money and my birthday money, whatever I have to do. I'm hiring her because I can't handle this anymore and I'm pregnant. And then there's, we're going to have, I don't want to do this and have a newborn at the same time. I can't, I can't handle this. So we hired you and I think we waited a couple weeks to start because of like holidays and whatnot. Uh, and then we started with you and the timing was perfect. So the last day that you and I talked on the phone was the day that I went into the hospital with Dean and I was in the hospital for about a week before um, they pulled him out. And it was so helpful because having gone through everything with Naomi and, you know, learning with you made it so easy for anybody who was helping us out. Uh, when I was in the hospital, we're going back and forth at the NICU to put her to bed. So my neighbor, my mom, Vince, my husband, like, everybody, she knew what to do. She knew what the routine was. All I had to do was tell them, this is all the things you have to do within like a 30 minute time. And she always put herself to sleep within like seven minutes or less. So everybody's life was just a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Way less stress. And yeah. I think that's incredible. I, I didn't realize that. And maybe you had told me and I forgot that it was the day, like our last phone call was the day. Valentine's day wow. <laughs> That is, wow. That is insane. That's, I mean, that's obviously like a divine timing. That's amazing. Um, I think that's awesome. So I would love to, if, if you would like as much and as little, I would love to hear Dean's story, you know, like what sent you to the hospital, um, at that time and what was that, what was that hospital stay like and what were his conditions? Like give us some insight because I know for a fact I have so many, um, preemie moms or moms who are even expecting, they don't even, they don't, wouldn't even know what to expect. Um, during that time. And so hearing your story would be so impactful as much as you would like to share with us. Yeah. So it was hard, but because we'd gone through it before, it was a little, maybe like a tiny bit easier. <laughs> um, with him, I, I called that night into the advice nurse because I had felt him not he wasn't moving as much as normal. So that night I called the advice nurse because I realized he wasn't moving as much as normal. And so they suggested that I come in. And when we got there, they were like, Oh, he's fine. But your blood pressure is way too high. And the same thing had happened with Naomi. Like my blood pressure was so high. They said I should have had a stroke or a seizure by then. Um, and it was preeclampsia, which, you know, we didn't realize until we're going through it. Um, and so with Dean, it was the same thing. It was so high that they're like, well, we're keeping her here until he comes out. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Round two. <laughs> so it was a lot of, you know, the doctor saying, well, we're going to try to keep him until X amount of time. It was going to be like two months in the hospital. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's, we can make this work. And then it came down to, well, I think maybe we can, we'll be able to keep him in for like two or three weeks. Okay. We can make that work. And then it came into like, Hey, you know what? We should probably take him out this afternoon. And I'm like, okay, let's Whoa. go. 
yeah, it was crazy. Like there's just so many unknowns in the medical world. You know, you're just, just kind of go with the flow and figure things out, you know? So they ended up taking him out. It was, you know, unplanned C-section, but not an emergency like Naomi, which was great. Um, they took him out and sent him off to the NICU. Um, he was, so Naomi was two pounds, 12 ounces, and Dean was two pounds, 15 ounces. Um, when he was born, he was born at 31 weeks and she was born at 33 weeks. And it's just, it's one of those things both times where you, it's almost like that out of body experience, but you're not seeing yourself. You're just like, it feels like a dream. You're like, this isn't real. You're kind of going with the flow. Like, am I actually talking right now? Like it's that whole, like you're just numb. And, um, yeah, so it was a lot of driving back and forth. Um, with Naomi, I was able to actually do room and board at the hospital for a little bit, but this time with having a toddler at home, I was like, I'm not going to sleep at the hospital when I can be home with her, which still made it really hard to leave home every day. Um, with her standing there crying because she wants her mom. Like I, I um, am a stay at home mom. So she's used to having me all the time. And then I go to not being there. So Nick, you, you learn all the medical lingo of like Brady's and all that stuff where you're just like, okay, trying to wrap your head around it and trying to take care of this little baby that just looks like a little bird. And <laughs> um, with, sorry, I keep jumping back and forth with the two kids, but with Naomi, it was three days before I could actually hold her. And then with Dean, I got to hold him the, the first day, which was really nice. You want to try to do a lot of skin to skin, but I think something that I experienced with the first time in the NICU was just the guilt of when you couldn't be there for your baby. Like you wish that you could sleep right next to them and you feel like you need to hold them all the time because they talk about how important skin to skin time is. So you feel like if I'm not doing it, I'm hurting my baby, but that's just not true. <laughs> like your kid is, they're, they're, when they go in the NICU, they are fighters. They're coming out fighting for their life. They're, they want to survive. They're doing the best they can and they come out so strong. And so you do what you can, but like my, advice to moms is get the sleep that you can. Those nurses are professionals. They know what they're doing. They're going to take care of your kid because they love it. Like that's what they desire to do in life. And your kid is in really good hands. So I made sure I didn't carry that guilt with me uh, when we were in the NICU with Dean. I'm like, I'm just going to do the best I can. And that is going to be good enough because it's my best. I have no words for how amazing that, that, that must've taken. All I can think about is how much you processed that through, through Naomi and through Dean. What you just shared is so powerful. I can't wait for this, for what you just said to be shared with people because I don't, I don't know that kind of, I don't know that information to share because I've never been in your shoes before. And so to hear you say that, First of all, I just think how strong you are now to be able to say that and to have that, you know, impact to be able to share with other people. That is, I'm, I'm literally speechless. I wouldn't even, even know how to, how to form that into comparable thoughts, but I'm just, I'm, I'm really just in awe of how you are able to proclaim that and be, and you're so confident in saying that. And I think that, you know, mom guilt, yeah, we throw that around a lot, but that's a whole other level that we do because you do, you see the, um, the typical, you know, 40 week birth where they're instantly skin to skin and dad's instantly skin to skin, but that's not how everything goes all the time. You don't get that at all. They're like with Naomi, I 
didn't see anything. They were just like, oh, they wrapped her up. They're like, do you want to see her? I saw like a tiny little face. And then they whisked her off. With Dean, they had this like curtain, a clear curtain, and then the solid one. So at one, at some point they said, do you want to see us pull him out? And I said, yeah, I'd love it. And so they dropped the solid one and I could see through the, the clear one. And I, it was kind of a blur because there's so many hands and, <laughs> and you're, you know, you're open. And I, I mean, I didn't see inside of me, but yeah. just out, where is he? Like, what are you pulling right now? And then just kind of seeing a leg and then again, off to the NICU. So you just, yeah, everybody's story is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so incredibly true. I, I think that, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about this as just as far as, um, you know, I know you are passionate about, you know, supporting moms and, and especially sharing the um, preemie stories and NICU stories. Were there specific ways that people were helping you, whether it was Naomi's time or Dean's time that meant the world that, um, that you would love to share with others to be like, yes, this is the best way you can support a NICU mom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many ways. Um, so the first two that come to my mind, the first one is, uh, just being somebody that the mom can cry to <laughs> because it's the weirdest thing. Cause you're, when you're there and in the in-between and you're just kind of in the NICU life, you are basically on a, like an adrenaline rush. You're on this high and it's either for me, there was a couple of times. There was one time where it was like two weeks in just all of a sudden. And I realized with, with Dean that it was about two weeks in both times. I almost hit like a breaking point where I'm like, I'm okay, but like, I'm not okay at the same time. And so just having like a friend that I could call that was understanding and wasn't necessarily going to be like, you can do it, you know, just listening and crying with me or just being like knowing because either, you know, they had a preemie too, or maybe they didn't, but they're just being fully understanding. Um, that was very helpful. And then something that I don't think many people would think of is when you bring home a new baby, I think it's normal to start a meal train and support how you can that way, but you almost need it longer with NICU wise. So with Naomi, we had people offer to do meal trains while we were in the NICU, which in high, like I didn't realize until going through it with Dean that that was so helpful. And I had, I'm horrible at eating breakfast. So I had one mom who was like, just tell me what meal you need. And I said, I need breakfast. So she made like, I can't remember if she did like a breakfast casserole or like breakfast burritos, but something that I could freeze and just heat up each morning on the run. Um, we didn't have that with Dean and it's fine. I mean, I'm not like resentful toward anybody or anything, <laughs> but it was just, okay, now I am like, okay, I'm driving through somewhere, picking something up to eat or I ate a lot of Chick-fil-A for breakfast um, and lunch. Um, or you're eating at the hospital or, you know, you're just a meal train for the NICU life and after is, is so helpful to not have to think about what to eat and just know that food is right there for you to eat is incredible. Yes. That was touched on the blog that was shared yesterday. Not, not about the meal trains, but something I'd never thought about was like not being able to eat inside the NICU. And um, Jacqueline shared about offering yes to bring food, but then to sit in the lobby with the parent to eat, you know, I was like, wow, those are small, again, small things that me as a non NICU, you know, parent would, I would have never known that. Um, yeah. And it's, and it is so helpful to understand like, yeah, I think it's important to ask specifics like, no, like which one do you need help with? <laughs> what <laughs> is it that you need help for? And I think that's so impactful. I love it. Having help with our toddler at home too, this time around 
was very, very helpful. I, I literally, I don't know how we would have done it without like my neighbor and my mom. And so I know not everybody has that support, you know, but if somehow finding that, whether it's, you know, through a church or something, just that's very helpful too. How are you now managing? Because it's summertime and you've got Naomi, you've got Dean, everybody's home. What does your day to day look like with both of them? Craziness? No. Um, <laughs> uh, so thankfully, I think because of working with you, sleeping is a thing in our house, which is amazing. So, you know, we're all in bed and asleep by, I'd say, well, the kids are usually asleep by eight. And that gives my husband and I a little bit of time together, maybe like an hour or so. And then I'm asleep by like 10 or 11 just because my brain's still going. Um, morning time, Dean is usually up around five or six and we're working on that. And Naomi is a solid like 12 hours, 11, 12 hours sleep. So once she wakes up, we get going. We go through our morning routine of getting dressed, eating. Um, and then just depending on what day of the week it is, we either can do some naps at home for Dean um, and Naomi and I get some time together or we're on the run and he's sleeping in his car seat and she's got, you know, swim or martial arts or whatever it may be. So it's just a lot of um, trying to balance between the running around, but not overdoing it. That's a mistake I made last week in life. She had a sports camp and that's when I realized, oh, she craves being at home. I learned that that's a toddler thing. <laughs> they crave being at home. And I'm like, all right, I'm okay with that. But um, I think the reason I was like trying to busy our schedules is because after Naomi, I, um, they, because she was so small, they said, okay, you need to, and it was the winter months, you need to be home and you can't go out, you know, for like three months. And so everything that happened. And then after having her, actually, I went back into the hospital because I had blood clots in my lung. So all this stuff the trauma, blah, 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 that all led to, I think the postpartum depression kicking in. So with Dean, I was like adamant, like, I am not letting this come into my life again. We're going to get out of the house. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. I still not exercising or eating right, but. <laughs> but you have two small children who are alive and you're doing things for them and you're here talking to Mason. <laughs> That's right. So we're, we're going. But we were doing so much that I think I swung the pendulum so far the other way that now I'm like stressed and actually was like almost in the hospital again last week because my heart was like going crazy because I couldn't handle everything we were doing. So I realized, okay, you want to be home. I need to be home. We need to find a balance of being home, but also getting out, getting sunshine and fresh air. And so we're just kind of, that's what our day is filled with now, just figuring out that balance. Yeah, that, that is a balance. I think everybody everybody's struggling with. And I, I have to like absolutely second and third and fifth year statement about like, yeah, toddlers like being home. Even my, my almost five-year-old loves to be home and she'll ask like, can we just be home today? Like, sure. <laughs> so I totally get that. I love it. Are, would, is there any other like final things you would love to share just as encouragement for a mom who is, maybe she doesn't know that she's going to be, you know, having her baby preemie, but as a, I would say an encouragement for a mom who is expecting and they don't know if that's going to happen or not. Cause you just maybe may not have any idea, but what would you share with a mom who is expecting and maybe is like a hyper planner? What would be some, some words of encouragement? Oh, I was hyper planning. <laughs> we wanted to have our babies at home and that did not happen. Um, 
I would say like, it's okay to have a plan, but be flexible at the same time because you just have no idea. Like there's no way in the world I was going to plan to have two preemies and be in the NICU forever. Like, no. So I would be flexible. I would, um, just as hard as it is, try to be patient as well, especially if you're in the NICU at the moment. Um, or if you're just waiting in the hospital because you don't know when your baby's going to come out and they're just trying to keep that baby in there growing, Mm -hmm. um, try to be patient, try to take the time to just slow down and realize like, it's going to be okay. You're in good hands, hope for the best. And I mean, for me, I, I am a believer and I don't know how I would have gotten through any of my pregnancies all three without the Lord and having just him as a rock. (laughs) So that would be another encouragement is, is if you don't pray, find somebody who does pray and just ask them to pray for you. Because even if you're not praying, like other people's prayers are powerful and it's going to help. There's so much prayer that covered my babies that I know that they are thriving because of that. Um, And then just to reach out and ask for help. I think is big too. I think sometimes I thought, oh, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. And, but people want to help. They're asking for ways, like, what can I do? And sometimes you're like, well, there's nothing that can be done because this is where we're at. And there's just nothing that that person or these millions of people can do to help you. Um, so then that's when you say, well, I could use a meal train. We could set that up now. That would be great if you don't mind. And then them spreading the word about it. Ashley, thank you for being a part of this episode. It is incredibly meaningful, and I know it will reach literally the world. So I'm grateful for you guys being here today. Again, head on over to littlezsleep.com to check out the blog from yesterday, sharing more ways to encourage and support Nikki moms, and share this episode. If this podcast has really meant something to you, I would love for you to scroll down on iTunes and tap that five star and share how we have been able to impact your family love to hear that. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Sweet dreams. See you next time.